Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian is here. Um, we're on the other side of it, of our football previews. We've been to all seven schools, talked to everybody. We're almost done writing it. Um, I think we both need another break is what it sounds like. We just got here, and we already need another break. But I, I know I had a lot of fun getting out to some of these practices. I'm sure you had too, but it's been it's been a pretty hectic two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last week was zero week, which is a new thing for us up here. Um, not not many schools have ever done that, so this is kind of, that was kind of new territory for us. But it allowed us to be able to go and get a few extra teams done yet last week, um, and then work this week. So on top of the football stuff, we've been doing some previews, or we've been working talking to coaches that are in like volleyball and soccer and. All these other sports as well so it's been kind of a hectic week but uh but no definitely fun to hear the shoulder pads going um especially in august um i don't have to wrap my you know scarf around my neck to start off the season out in october so um yeah so it's very nice to see uh, everything going well um keep your fingers crossed that you know hopefully everything can go well this entire season Absolutely. And yeah, so we got out to, like I mentioned, uh, our seven schools. So we're going to kind of go through each of those um, today. Next week on our podcast, we're going to do um, that's when we'll have our list of kind of top 20, 25 players to watch or so. We might touch on that a little bit. We'll also start to get into some of those previews of um, other sports as we talk to some of those coaches for things like swimming or tennis, volleyball, soccer, cross country. Some of those are going to come out in the next few weeks. We'll probably kind of talk about those as the week's gone, and already next Friday, we're recording this on a Thursday, Thursday, August 19th. Next Friday already is our first slate of football games. The couple days before that, there's already, you know, soccer, tennis, volleyball, other sports starting up too. So um, by the time we record this next week, it's already going to be basically games happening. So, um, you know, our previews are going to kind of roll out. I don't know if they're all going to roll out before games first start for those other sports. We kind of wanted to get football done. Um, especially because we had that week head start on the other sports. So we want to get that out for everyone first. Um, and then we're also going to kind of hit all those other sports as we roll into um, last week of August, first week of September, um, and also can see a couple of these teams play too. Um, when we kind of work on some of those players to watch features, um, some of those other things to get the season started off. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to go through um, our seven teams today. Like I said, kind of generally kind of some of the things to watch, you know, a few specific things, but, also save a little bit um for next week as well brian where should we start um for schools today i think um the school that is building the massive um elaborate beautiful what other words could we use um extravagant uh palace palace that's a good one palace i know it has football field um in recorey uh just beautiful field 
I mean, we were there last year when they put the turf field down for um, the last few games. And then this year they decided to keep adding more to it. And they made a whole new stand with a new press box. Thank you for that. Um, a new like little platform pavilion area, I would say. So it just it looks beautiful. It's not done yet, but um, I'm guessing it'll be done here pretty soon with with the football season coming across. Yeah, I know they're going to be playing their first three games on the road just to kind of make sure um, that it's going to for sure be done all the steps they want it to kind of all in its grandeur. I'm sure they can unveil it that their first home game, their fourth game of the year is going to be against Apollo on Friday, September 17th. So that's when I kind of expect it to all, you know, the ribbon cutting, whatever you want to call it, the red tape comes off. It's all done and uh, it's ready to go. Yeah, it's insane. I I thought I knew kind of how much money it was. And then they're like, no, that's not even close. Um, and it's it's all been raised privately, too. They've had, you know, Blattner Energy um, is going to be the stadium sponsor. It's going to be called Blattner Stadium. Um, they're going to be kind of the title sponsor for it. And yeah, and when we saw the turf last year, I thought it was like, they finally got this done. Now they're going to, you know try to put together funds for a couple years maybe somewhere down the road we can dream of having this big stadium nope it's it's here it's there like nine <laughs> months ten months later so um when i was out there for practice last tuesday i was off most of last week but i was able to get out there um to see their second practice of their uh two-week training camp period and um you know there was construction going on the entire time every everywhere you looked everything but they were able to practice on the turf field which um, I think it was the first time I've actually seen them practice on that because last year, even still, most of the time they were practicing on their kind of old grass field. So um, that was cool to see. It was a lot different. It makes it just, you know, it gives them an advantage of kind of being able to practice on that every day and not have to worry about the weather, the conditions, all that. Um, and, it, you know, it's a team that's going to look a lot different this year, but I would still expect pretty big things from them. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I think the biggest part is, is, you know, you lose guys like Luke Humbert to like Tucker Hokinson, you know, guys that have made a name for themselves, um, Camden Bauer, um, guys that have made a name for themselves year in and year out for the Spartans. And now you're trying to kind of replace them not only on one side, but probably on both sides of the ball. Um, just kind of talk about what you've seen, what you saw offensively and defensively for, for the um, Spartans. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to be um, a learning experience to start off for them. Like you mentioned, you know, a lot of those guys, there was five, six, seven guys that played at least one way or both ways um, for the state title winning team two years ago. Then last year came back and their senior seasons went undefeated and, you know, would have probably had a chance to to fight for another state title if they would have had a postseason. So, I mean, there's there's big holes to fill, things that they haven't had to do um in quite a while, I know when I talked to their head coach, James Herberg, he said, you know, it's probably been, you know, since 2013, you know, eight years or so since they've had a team this young or uh, inexperienced coming back, you know, just without a ton of varsity starters um, on either side of the ball back. But um, they do have a couple that played defense. There's, you know, Brady Blattner, who led them in tackles last year at linebacker. He's a stud. He's going to be back. Um, Tegan Drontel as a defensive lineman. He led the team in sacks last year. Um, Connor Motschke, who was a big special teams player and punter for them too. Um, and Sam Kraft was also a good lineman for them. So those are the four captains that are back. Those are all guys that, you know, have a bit of varsity experience, kind of, um, a known commodity, but then it's just, it's pretty open after that across a lot of positions. I mean, I, 
I think it's not really set in stone even yet who a lot of those starters are going to be. I mean, it looks like Jack Spanier is going to be the starter at quarterback, and we've seen him in basketball. We've obviously seen him in baseball. He's already proven himself um, in those sports. I would expect pretty big things from him. He was throwing the ball really well um, the day I got to see them. So, um, you know, they should be pretty set with him there, a pretty athletic quarterback um, that's, you know, played a lot of big games in other sports too, so it shouldn't be too much of a big jump for him to kind of step into that role. He seems like kind of a, a pretty natural leader, you know, talkative guy too. So um, I think they should be pretty set there. And, um, you know, their backup, it seems, is Will Style, who's Jack Style's younger brother, who also threw the ball around really well. He's only going to be a sophomore, but um, it seemed like he was also playing really well in um, defensive backfield too. So I could see him getting some snaps there too, only as a sophomore. So, um, you know, there's a lot of other guys too. Adam Langer, he was a wide receiver that, seemed to be kind of a favorite of Jack's too. He had made it some big catches. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of turnover. There's going to be a lot different, but I would expect kind of big things. They're going to have a big test right away. They play Becker at Becker their first week, um, who actually is the last team to, to beat them. That was like week six of 2019 before they're on this 14 game win streak. They're currently on. That was also the last field they lost on. They were at Becker when they lost there too. So kind of a lot of things converging there. Um, I think will make it a really interesting week one game. Definitely. And, and I guess, I mean, when it comes to just Ricori, I think the main thing that people need to know is, you know, even though that they replace players and, you know, a big group of people leave, doesn't mean that Ricori is rebuilding in any sense. I mean, they've they've established a program out there that is very strong. And, you know, even if you're not on varsity, you're still competing hard at JV. You're still competing hard at the B team. Um, and I think that's what allows a non-rebuilding season to ever happen when it comes to a program. Yeah, I mean, they only, I think, on offense, the guys coming back had a total of like 20 yards or something last year. It's like literally nothing. So, I mean, you're, it's it's completely starting over new guys, but like you said, they kind of have that culture. Um, they've built some good things going up through the ranks too, and I'd, I'd expect them to, you know, it's probably not going to look as fresh. I know even Jack Spanier said they're going to probably make a lot of mistakes in that first game. They're going to kind of have to get used to that. They got a little taste of that. They played Alexandria, who's a really good 5A school, in a scrimmage a couple weeks ago. And it sounds like they kind of, you know, either got roughed up a little or they didn't come really ready to play and as physical as they would have liked in that. So um, I think they're going to take some lessons from that and try to apply to those for those first week. And um, the other school that you just saw this week, Albany, it seems to be a little bit of a similar taste where there's not, you know, a ton of names that either got a ton of snaps, put up a ton of yards last year. There's a couple names kind of like Corey, but in the same way they've done this so many times again and again, restoring, replenishing that um, it's not really a rebuilding effort over there either. Yeah. It's kind of deja vu. I mean, between the two teams, I mean, um, Albany being able to go undefeated last year as well, winning a section championship as well, similar to Ricori where they were, kind of on a hot streak heading into that postseason and probably could have run for a nice state title um, possibly um, with no postseason. No one will ever know. Um, but yeah, I mean, similar to, to Ricori, there's a lot of turnover from this for this team this upcoming year. Um, you lose three guys in the backfield, Nolan Reuter, um, William Mergen and Tate Hoffarth, all three of them key guys in the, in their backfield. And if you know anything about the Huskies football team, it's running an offensive line. That's all they need, basically. Um, they do pass every so often, but the majority of what they look at is they need a good offensive line to push guys push guys around, and then they need a, a good running back core 
to be able to get, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 carries in, in a game um, combined. So um, when it comes to this season, they, they how, how Mike Kleinschmidt kind of said, their head coach said was, they don't really have big offensive linemen like they did in the past. Um, they have athletic alignment. There's only five guys that are above 200 pounds or, or more on this team, um, but they have a lot of speed and quickness to get off the to get off the jump quickly and be able to protect that um, quarterback and running back. So um, I, they're not worried about it. They have a lot of guys coming back from that offensive line. Um, Declan Crumley, he's going to be kind of the leader of that offensive line. Um, he's also a linebacker for them. That's going to be kind of controlling being that quarterback for the defense. Um, and then Thomas Odenthal and Luke Buttweiler, they'll be kind of helping him out um, as seniors um, with regarding that offensive line. So those those three will be kind of setting the tone when it comes to that offensive line. And then you have Carter Beer as well as Hunter Tate that are going to be kind of controlling that backfield. Um, Carter Beer had a, a handful of carries last year. Um, he only had... 227 rushing yards. He also had four rushing touchdowns last season. Um, but those three people that left, um, they combined for 28 out of the 38 rushing touchdowns last year. So um, Carter's excited for the opportunity. Talking to him, he's been waiting for this for a long time. Um, and he's putting in, he put a lot of work in during the offseason for weightlifting and conditioning to make sure that he was ready to go for that position because um, it's now kind of his time to shine, honestly. Yeah, and I know even earlier in the summer, Coach Herbert for Corey, he told me how um, Carter, he was over at, I think they either did kind of a, a skills camp, something, he was over there in the testing day, or he was there for when they tested vertical stuff, and he either didn't even have, like, the right shoes, he borrowed someone else's shoes and ended up, like, having the best vertical, or just an insane vertical, so um, did really good in the speed test, too, so it sounds like he's just kind of one of those athletes that you're just going to have to watch out for, and like you said, um, been behind you know three four running backs a couple of years and yeah it seems like it'll be kind of his time to have we would expect a pretty big season for them yeah and, and I, I think the other big part is is Mike Kleinschmidt kind of talked about how the offense you know if, if you make a mistake sometimes it's not as noticeable but the defense if you make a mistake I mean it's a catastrophe honestly in his words um they're they focus a lot on defense and there's a, and it was even funny cause I was over at their practice yesterday on Wednesday. And um, when he said, you know, defense, you know, one defense on that, everybody was screaming, everybody was hollering cause they knew what time it was. They always look forward to the defensive side of things. Um, and regarding this defense, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of kind of spots to be won. I mean, and he said the way that you're going to get a spot on this defense is you got to be fast or at least you got to play flat fast. Um, and so they've just been doing repetitions and repetitions on and on and on to make sure that they know exactly where they need to go at what coverage um, so that they don't blow any coverages or give up any points to the opponents. Um, and so that's been kind of a big, big takeaway for them is just learning how to do stuff. And, and Crumley is going to be that one guy that's going to be kind of leading that pack as, as a linebacker. Um, there's plenty of other guys that are going to be kind of taking over some of those roles. Um, LaQuay Jefferson is going to be taking over um, the quarterback role, but he's also going to be helping out on that defensive side um, a little bit like he did last year. And yeah, I mean, Carter Beer is going to be in the backfield as, as a, that defensive back. Um, and so there's a, there's 
every every position kind of has one veteran guy at least to kind of run that particular position group. Um, but then it's more up to those players to kind of step up and take over um, as they get ready. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, from what it sounds like, I mean, they're both riding pretty good win streaks going into this year. I know Ricori's is, I think right now they're sitting third longest in the state, kind of active win streak. Albany also got eight wins last year. So um, two teams are going to try to make that work with a very different cast, but um, we're still expecting big things as usual, especially the last couple of years with how those teams have played. So um, those are going to be our first two teams that we're, I think we're going to take a quick break here on the other side. Um, we're going to do Sartell and Sock Rapids, kind of our suburb schools. And then on the third segment today, we're going to finish up with the St. Cloud schools of Cathedral Tech and Apollo. So uh, we're going to hit two, two more schools after the break. So thanks for tuning in so far, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're continuing our kind of team football previews on this week's episode. Uh, we're getting to two of our suburban schools, kind of, as we say, in St. Cloud here of Sartell um, and Sauk Rapids-Rice. Uh, Brian, you were at Sartell, God, that was a while ago, like a week and a half ago almost at this point, because they also have a zero-week game. I was just at uh, Sauk Rapids the other day. So maybe we'll start with you if you can go back in your brain that far remember what happened um at their practice or what to kind of expect from the sabers yeah i just have to go through about 45 different interviews hold on uh yes that one um no yeah last tuesday went out there with with dave and we we went out to start tell to start the football um interview process and um honestly on day two you could tell that these guys are ready to go they are hyped they are excited um and Rightfully so. I mean, they have a lot of people coming back from last year. They finished the season three and three. Um, they lost in the semifinals um, last year for sections. And I mean, the the biggest the biggest thing was was they lost to Mimiji twice. Um, so that hump is Mimiji. They need to they need to be able to beat Mimiji to to kind of do anything in this in this section. But um, no, I mean overall, I, I I think they did a really nice job last year. They you know, the biggest thing was they got their first win in a while. Um, that was one of the bigger, bigger steps. And then after that, it just kind of rippled after that. Um, and the big leader of it was Ethan Torgrimson. Um, he was a senior running back and probably had about 20 to 30 carries a game. He scored 13 of the 20 touchdowns for Sartell offensively, both passing or rushing and receiving. So um, the big question coming into this season was, is how are you going to replace a guy like Ethan? I mean, He's big, he's fast, he's strong. Um, and as Scott Hentges even said, you know, we can't really replace Ethan because Ethan is kind of one of those rare breeds where he's just big, he's tall, he's fast. Um, he has all the qualities of a running back that you're kind of looking for. But they do have a lot more options. Um, and it starts with their quarterback, Cole Hentges. I mean, I mean, he's a junior. He's been going to a lot of camps this summer. Um, he's been bringing a lot of his teammates with him to those camps. And honestly, Cole said that that's been the best thing is just the team communication and team chemistry has been very big overall that th during that first week, because everybody knows each other. 
they trust each other, and they know that they're going to get the job done. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of other guys back, too, you know, on the offensive line, defense line, some of those skill spots. Do you want to just run through a couple other big names to kind of watch out for for the Sabres? Yeah, so in the backfield, you're going to have Steven Brinkerhoff, Gavin Gavin Schulte, and Parker Knudsen. Those three will probably kind of contribute quite a bit. Gavin's coming back after tearing his ACL last year, so he's starting to feel good, um, more comfortable with, with that brace now that he has to wear. Um, on the wide receiver end, you're going to have guys like Austin Hendricks as well as Carson Gross. Um, both of those guys are going to be kind of key contributors on, on the outsides. Um, and Scott Hens just said that they're both explosive wide receivers, so Cole's going to like both of them. Um, and then on that offensive end, offensive line, you, you bring back a lot of guys with a lot of experience, and it starts with Blake Haas. I mean, he's he's beginning looked at by D1 schools. He's he. I mean, when you walk into practice, you know exactly where Blake is. Not only because of his voice and him being a vocal leader, but just his size. I mean, you can just tell that he's been working out a lot and he's really focused on this season. Um, he's going to be guiding a couple couple junior guards with Cade Lewis and Will um, Will Mahold. Um, those two will be kind of guards, um, and they'll be kind of helping out on that on on that offensive line, um, keeping Cole and everybody safe behind him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of a lot of a lot of options. I mean, talking to Blake, he even said, you know, we're not going to have one guy scoring this year. It's going to be a load of people and it's going to be a ton of a ton of different schemes and strategies and plays that are going to be effective for a lot of different players and so um, he's looking forward to it yeah and I know their their schedule is kind of exciting too for us I mean they play you know they play tech they play Sock rapids they play recorey kind of all right off the bat all local teams those local games don't have to travel far have you know some at home and that would be just cool to we should get a lot of chances to see them kind of right off the bat especially those first couple weeks I would say yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, really good, really good start. They have three, I believe it's, yeah, three three home games after an away game to start off the season. They go to Tech um, for Tackle Cancer Night to start off the season next Friday, and then they host Sock Rapids, Ricori, and Brainerd um, all in a row. And so, um, and, and the weird part is, is some of these teams, especially that are doing zero week, they have a bye week. And so some of them are towards the end of the season, I know Apollo's like smack dab in the middle. They have four games and then they have another four games. Um, so there might be a couple of weeks where they where you see that there's a gap between it. Don't worry, we didn't mess up. That wasn't us messing up. It was just that's how the schedule looks with zero week because you have an early game to start off your season. And so um, you need to have that bye week so that everybody finishes right around MEA weekend. So, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to watch this group. Um, I know they they've been really excited about this year because that junior and senior class have a really good bond together. Um, and you can tell right away when they enter, when they enter practice that it's go time. So um, high expectations for the Sabres as they, as they enter 2021. Yeah. And I mean, it's a lot of the same guys too, that just went to state and baseball had a lot of success in that sport. Um, kind of seen them having success in that in amateur ball, VFW kind of every level, it seems like too. So I guess we'll see if kind of those success in other sport, if it can kind of translate to football as well as as they focus in on that this fall. And the other uh, team that has a lot of guys coming back to a lot of older guys with some experience is Sock Rapids Rice. Um, the Storm, they, you know, they only were able to pick up one win last year, but it seemed like almost more than anyone kind of 
you know, COVID protocols and other things just sometimes out of their control just kind of really bit them and they didn't really, you know, have a way to have any answer for it. I mean, there was games they were missing, you know, 15, 20 people. Coach Klopp Hockey was coaching from his car and they were still able to still able to compete and beat Tech, the one game that we saw them at where they were in that situation. There were other games, yeah, they, you know, there's only a couple guys that actually played all five games for them last year. It was very hit and miss who they had. So I know uh, Coach Klopp, he said, you know, last year they were just trying to problem solve every day. This year they can actually kind of get back to figuring out like football problems, which is a nice a nice situation to be back in. Um, and they're doing it with a lot of a lot of the guys that you know had big impact for them last year too, which I think is going to be huge. Um, there's a there's a handful of guys that have been playing two three years already for them as starters or special teams players, so they're familiar with varsity. Um, it kind of starts with Carter Lesh, who just uh, committed to. Division two Minnesota Duluth earlier this year. He's a defensive end that is just, you know, he's 6'3, 6'4, 220 pounds, a matchup problem for anyone. And I know they've said it seems like every team they play always has a guy like that, and they never have a guy like that. So they're pretty excited to have a guy like that for once, just with that athleticism. So um, he's he's going to be a problem on defense. It seems like they're also going to use him a little bit more in the passing game this year. Um, and the one throwing him the ball will be Don Mathias, their quarterback. He uh, had a good good year last year as a junior, too. Um, completed about 50% of his passes, uh, you know, over 100 yards per game, nine touchdowns. So um, he's kind of proven back there. I saw him make some pretty big plays, too, and I was at their practice. So they have guys like that. Alex Heron is a three-year starter, really great running back as well, defensive back, too. Um, you know, he's all-around athlete and um, guys like Will White, Jace Volrath, uh, Cole Ackerman, they're all defensive starters too. Um, I think like seven of their eight top tacklers in total tackles are back from last year. So, um, you know, they, they were only one in four last year. It was a little disappointing, but it seems like at kind of every level for the most part, um, they have a lot of guys coming back with experience. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, honestly, you can't really – you can't really take last year for and and in most of the teams. I mean, you can't really take them for what they were. I mean, you look at one and four and you're like, oh man, what a horrible season. But it's like the thing you gotta realize is half the team was gone. Then they also had to like can I think they canceled the game too. Um and so like you don't get that rhythm going, you don't get that mojo going. Um and especially when you're starting in October to start off your season, it's like I I don't know. I mean, when it comes I mean, don't get me wrong, like Albany and Ricori had great seasons and stuff, but I mean, when it comes to some of these teams, the hard part is, is you, you can't get that rhythm. You can't get that flow going. And when you're not playing every single week or you don't even know if you're going to play, it's hard to kind of get that mindset going. So, I mean, and it's super nice for soccer Rapids because they got everybody back. I mean, and I'm sure you saw at practice probably that, you know, similar to Sartell where they all know each other. They all have practiced with each other during the summer. And so now I'm sure it's just even more fun at practice because they all know what their, the common goal is. Yeah. And in almost a similar way where I think for Sartell, it could help that success in baseball, other sports, you know, getting just that winning vibe going. Soccer Rapids had a lot of that in basketball where they're able to get to a section title game, beat a lot of teams that, you know, might've been more skilled, but as Klopp hockey said, they just always seem to be more physical and just kind of find the little ways to win. And, you know, in football, that you that kind of gets even rewarded more when you're the stronger physical team, obviously. So um, that's going to be key for them. They've played together a lot. Um, kind of the one big thing that um, some of the players talked about is, you know, last year they 
they'd either come out in games they wouldn't come out very fast and they'd score like 20 something points in the second half but it'd be too little or they scored a bunch in the first half like the game we were at against elk river they put up like 30 what was it like 38 points in the first half and then got shut out in the second half um so they had a couple close losses as well you know it was only one in four but a couple of those easily could have been wins they just didn't really come out on the right side of a couple of those close outcomes so if they can flip that around this year um you know put a whole game together it's going to look a lot different and you know their section's going to look a bit different too um they've been in the section with a lot of teams they don't traditionally play much like you know uh robinsdale armstrong down by where we grew up and you know elk river rogers some of those teams instead now they're going to be paired with you know alexandria sartell tech bemidji moorhead you know they play all these teams during the year so they'll be familiar with them for sections a lot of them are central lakes conference teams from other sports so um, I know that I think they're pretty excited to kind of be, you know, grouped with teams that they're a little more familiar with or they get to play during the year. So it's not such an unknown um, when postseason comes around. So I know I know they're just kind of excited to get back after it. And I would expect uh, a pretty big jump and I would think they'd be able to pull off a couple more wins this year. Yeah, no, I, I for sure think so. I mean, they got the experience and I mean, yeah, it was weird heading down to Rogers to go cover a game um, last year. I mean, you're just kind of like, all right, so we're going back to the Twin Cities so that we can go watch a section game. Like, I, I don't don't know how that works, but okay. So, no, I, I definitely think it'll be a good transition for them to, to get up to the Central Lakes area and just be able to play against friends, common, you know, teammates, common opponents, different things like that. Um, I think it'd be good for them. Yeah, and they're going to, fittingly enough for this section of the podcast, they start their season against Sartell. You know, Sartell will have... A week more of practice, or you know, a week more practice, a week more of um, their first game under their belt when they play. But we'll see how that works. Maybe soccer apps will be a little fresher. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. But I know uh, I don't even think they played last year, which is really weird as well that they didn't get to play each other as rivals two years ago. They played week two, um, which technically it'll be Sartell's week two this time. Soccer apps week one, but um, that game was crazy. I remember soccer apps had to come back score a touchdown in the final like two minutes to win the game um and that was even when Sartell wasn't really winning games and they've even come a long way so I'd expect that game to be just an awesome game in week two I'm really looking forward to that one. Oh yeah that'll be a big rivalry game and definitely just to start off the football season it'll be a good one and to have fans you know hopefully a lot more fans back um get those student sections again you didn't have last year in these games it's just, it's just gonna be a totally different atmosphere and we're hoping you know things can kind of um, stay somewhat normal under control that uh, we can get some of those experiences again uh, when football just already starts up in a week or two. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think that'll kind of wrap up this this segment, though. Um, make sure to stay tuned. We got all the St. Cloud schools left to talk about, um, starting off with Tech, then a Cathedral and Apollo. So um, plenty of plenty of more previews to come ahead. So just stay tuned and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're going to finish up talking about some of our football previews here. Um, I believe, so we're recording this on a Thursday, I believe tomorrow in print is going to be the first of these previews. For Sartell's going to kick it off, followed by Albany, Ricori, 
um, Cathedral, Sock Rapids, um, Apollo, and Tech, or Tech and Apollo. I think Tech Apollo wraps it out. So um, those will be going through next Thursday. Then next Friday, the day of those first games, we're going to kind of have our top 20, 25 players to watch or so. Um, so we're going to kind of have content for you every single day going through next week. So if it's your specific team, either pick up a copy or um, all these are going to be online. They're all going to be subscriber only at sctimes.com. So make sure to subscribe or try to get a good deal on those. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. The other sports we're going to start previewing, those will be sub only too. So um, make sure to take advantage of that. So we're going to get to our last three sports now, or not three sports, three teams. Uh, excuse me. So we're going to start with all these St. Cloud schools. Brian, who do you want to start with? Tech probably? Yeah, we can do tech. Um, um, you were out there, I know. Um, they have uh, a couple guys back. It seems like a, you know, a pretty athletic team. A lot of guys that we've seen in other sports as well um, that have played some for a couple of years. Um, I know there's a lot of young guys playing when we saw them play a handful of times last year. So um, what were kind of your impressions from getting to see them practice? Yeah, a lot of depth. That's the big thing. Um, they they bring back a lot of senior talent. They also have um, transfer Thomas Dew from Apollo that's coming over. So they have a lot of depth at every position, um, which is something new for them. Um, they are used to kind of getting rid of some seniors and then having to you know bring in guys. But now they have a lot of guys that played last year are playing this year, and then they also have a lot of players underneath them that are learning from those senior senior um, players. And so um, last year, Tech finished 0-5, kind of similar to Sock Rapids. They couldn't really find their mojo because of COVID quarantines and different things like that. They were out for like two weeks because of COVID, um, different things like that. So um, wasn't an ideal season for them. Um, they were outscored 75 to 228 in five games. They averaged 10, 15 points per game, and they gave up an average of 45.6 points per game. So the biggest thing was trying to shut down those opponents and those um, different offenses um, for the, those opponents. And so on the offensive end, um, the big thing was quarterback position. You lose Lincoln Benson, who's at Southwest now, um, and the big, the big name coming in was Garrison Murray. Um, he's a senior quarterback. He's been stepping up really well. Um, John Benson, the head coach kind of said that he put on his senior pants on, you know, he put, he put a senior pants on and now he's kind of stepped into that leadership role, been doing a really good job there. Connor Harnes is the other quarterback for the Tigers. And, um, he's kind of been a lacrosse star for St. Cloud, but, um, he's also been a really good quarterback for them. He has a, a lot of potential, um, for the Tigers this upcoming season. He's been pushing Garrison really well um, to kind of get that competitive edge going. Um, and then in the backfield, you have a handful of different weapons. Derek, Derek Cox, Pat Payton, um, he, he's been kind of the leading rusher for them. He's a very big physical runner. Um, he got a lot of the carries halfway through the season last year, and he's been looking really good. Um, they'll probably be using him a lot for getting those short yardages that you just need to pound through the middle. Um, he has that capability of doing that. Um, he looks even bigger than last year, uh, muscle wise. He's just really, it looks like he's been going to the weight room quite a bit, um, this season. And then he'll be, he'll be, um, running with, um, Demarius Fletcher as well as Josh Russell. Josh is coming back from breaking his ankle last season. Um, Fletcher is just kind of a He's a fast running back with a lot of ball skill. 
Um, so those three will be kind of figuring out um, how that backfield is going to be working out pretty well. Um, and then you have a guy like um, you have like a, a guy like Devin Yeager who's going to be kind of leading that wide receiver core. And then you have an offensive line that's just really stacked. Um, obviously, you lose a guy like Spencer Gustin from last year, really really key guy for them last year. But you have John Kayser that's coming back. Um, he's getting looked at by colleges and has been doing a really good job of keeping him in shape and ready ready to go for the season. And he'll be kind of leading that um, that offensive line for the Tigers offensively. And is there anyone else um, – didn't mention anything else that kind of Coach Benson just told you about how they want to attack this year, if anything's going to be a little bit different than past seasons? I think it's just more of a uh, – I mean – it's it's more of a physical physical aspect to them this year. They they want to have that dynamic team, um, and they know that they need to be physical when it comes to that. And so you know defensively, you have Jaden Mendel that's going to be doing the the majority of the work on on linebacker, um, and then he's also going to be side by side with Train Maddock, which is um, another senior linebacker, and they'll be kind of on the inside and. They're kind of the quarterbacks of this this defense, um, according to John Benson, and um, they're going to be looked at pretty pretty heavily for for them this year. And um, I think the big thing is is the tight end position. You have Josh Harris on one side, Thomas Dew on the other, and um, honestly, that's a very nice duo to, duo to have. They're tall, they're big, they're athletic, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if if John Benson uses them um, for a couple different types of plays and such to to get some to get some yardage down the field. Yeah, we'll see if they can get back in the win column this year. Another team that um, is hoping to kind of improve that win total from last year, too, is Cathedral. Um, I got to get out and see them yesterday. They're the final team um, that we hadn't seen yet. So got to check them out um, last night when they were playing at Rao Field for their practice. They're, they're kind of late afternoon night practice, which was nice with, with how hot it's been this week. I was definitely for one for the shade and being down by the river and stuff. It was It's always a cool place to to check out practice. And they're, they're also, you know, seeing a bit of change from last year. Um, a couple of key position guys, especially linebackers. They had a lot of good linebackers last year. They graduated, um, you know, like Andrew Rott and Luke Shangro, some of their top tacklers. So um, they're going to be looking to replace guys like that. And, you know, wide receiver, Caleb Lyons, quarterback, Jack Pelzel, a couple of those guys that had played for them for um, a couple of years that were pretty big uh, position players for them. So, they're looking to kind of fill those gaps. A couple guys that I got to talk to that are going to be some of the guys that need to step up are uh, senior running back and defensive back Evan Wallen and then senior quarterback Jordan Schumann, too. Um, Evan, he's one of their top tacklers last year. Um, good running back option as well. He got a bit of yards for them. Um, and, you know, he told me that he learned a lot in that first varsity season, um, and he's kind of hoping to to bring along guys this year, too, as one of the more experienced players. So feel the have him to focus on Jordan Schumann that I mentioned um, you know he's been a backup a couple of years now um, finally getting his chance to be the starting quarterback and one of the big things is that when Jason Kleinfelter took over a couple of years they switched up things kind of offensively and defensively this will be the third year of it now so um, he's kind of hoping that with Jordan you know learning those last two years he's very familiar with the offense he's been a good leader for them a vocal leader so far in practice um, they're hoping that that familiarity will kind of um, pay dividends for them and help them get a couple more wins this year. Definitely. Definitely. And, and I guess, is there anything else that we should know about the Cathedral Crusaders? Yeah. One thing that's kind of changing up is they're going to have co um, head coaches this year. It's been Jason Kleinfelter before 
Um, their defensive coordinator, Andrew Lyons, is kind of stepping up as a co-head coach as well, kind of, um, you know, football operations, game planning, some of that kind of stuff as, as someone that went to Cathedral himself, um, has been a coach there for quite a while. They're kind of stepping into that co-head coach role, which um, is kind of unique around here. The rest, we don't have anyone else that's doing that. So that's something that's new for this year that, um, you know, people should keep an eye on. Another one is that they also... I'd mentioned earlier that Sock Rapids changed sections with realignment. Cathedral um, is in the same boat as that. They were in section 6-3A with Albany Piers, you know, just insanely tough section to get out of. Um, they moved to section uh, 5-3A now, which has, you know, a couple of, um, you know, Granite Ridge Conference teams they're used to as well, you know, more on the lack of Foley, some of those ones, um, which I would say is a little more just even – just school-wise, skill-wise, you know, guys out for the team. It seems to be, um, you know, possibly a little bit more winnable for them. They've had some tough time in sections the last couple of years with when you get paired with an Albany or a Piers off the bat, it's going to be tough. But um, they're hoping to be able to kind of make a little better of a postseason run this year. And, you know, it's been – I got to check how many times since their last winning season. I think their last winning season was about 2014 or so when they got to a section title game. Um, and there's been a couple winless one-win seasons in between. So they're kind of trying to rebuild this program like they have been a couple years. They're hoping this year um, is kind of the year they jump up that win total. Definitely, definitely. And I guess lastly, the the last team that we're going to kind of talk about is the Apollo Eagles. Um, I went out to their to their um, practice last week. Um, they also have zero weeks, so they'll be starting off against Hutchinson um, on Friday, August 27th. Um, for them, the Eagles just have a lot of senior depth or senior veteran experience. Um, a lot of these guys are coming back from last year, and some of them are, are even um, they even played as a sophomore. So there's a lot of depth, um, or uh, not necessarily depth, but a lot of veteran leadership, um, senior leadership on this team. And so Michael Michael Beeler, the the head coach, he's he's kind of looking at them to kind of step up and, and take over that leadership role. Um, Michael's in his second year as the head coach. And um, they finished 0-5 last year. They're 1-13 over the last two years. And so um, Andrew Carls kind of said it best. He said, I think we're all tired of losing. Um, and so I, I, that's very true. And I think that's the, the, the mentality is, is we just want to flip it around and, and be able to get some wins on the board. They have a very tough section um, with Hutchinson, Ricori, Becker, Delano, Wilmer. Um, but they they feel like they have the the ability to be able to to get that balance between passing and rushing attack on offense and then being able to pressure um, the quarterback and running backs um, defensively and so their biggest thing is is physicality they're going to be a physical team they've been at in the weight room constantly this off season um, and so talking to Patrick um, Nuoja the um, the offensive line and defensive line. Um, captain for them he's a senior Patrick even said he's like we've been going out to the weight room pretty much every day and just been working really hard at it so um, they're going to be guided by Andrew Carls the the quarterback he's also going to be working on the defensive side defensive back side as well um, and they're going to be playing both sides so um, of the ball so conditioning has been very important this off or this during the preseason this year um, but yeah, that offensive line is going to be very stacked with some seniors, um, a lot of guys that have a lot of experience. And so Patrick kind of even said, he's like, it's nice to just have that experience on that offensive line 
Um, everybody knows their job. Everybody knows what they need to do um, to protect that quarterback and, and, and be able to open up gaps for those running backs. And so the running backs, the, there are two juniors. Um, and so those are kind of the two that are going to be kind of the leaders, I guess, heading into next year even um, because there's so much senior um, leadership this year. So um, Michael's going to kind of enjoy this this season and, and he thinks that it's going to be an exciting year for them. Um, but just a lot of seniors on this team. Yeah, it'll be nice. Kind of like we mentioned before with Sock Rapids, Sartell getting to play again. You know, we didn't get a Tech Apollo game last year as well, which was kind of a bummer. And, you know, both teams were winless last year. So one, that'll just guarantee at least one of those teams can kind of get off the hump no matter how the first couple weeks go. Um, it'll be cool to see. And especially with, you know, recent uh, kind of the whole summer, the news has just been how many sports they're combining in with these crush teams with, you know, half to almost getting close to probably three quarters in some of the seasons. Being a co-op, it's still going to be fun to actually get to see them play as separate schools still and play in a rivalry type game. Um, and since you've been here, I guess you've never yet to see them play in football. And I don't even think my first year here, I was at their game. I was at a different game too. So neither of us have ever actually got to see that rivalry game in person before. So um, I think we're both excited to to maybe either get to see it in person or just that that game's going to get to keep happening this season. Yeah, and also you had the touch that Thomas Dew was able or transferred over to Tech, and so I'm sure there's some rivalry there where you know you become an eagle and then you become a tiger. So um, that could be also kind of a fun little um, aspect to the game as well. Yeah, and I know there's you know when you go back every couple of years, it's crazy to look back and see how many guys have switched over that started at Apollo, ended up at Tech, or came back, or um, you know there's so many that they've played together in so many other sports, you know. Um, AU other things um, just growing up other sports too it's always it's always cool when those teams can face off and um, like we said still be separate in a couple sports try to keep that rivalry alive so uh, we'll see who can kind of come out on um, the winning end of that one thing we didn't mention um, is that Mike Trevick who was a coach at Tech for a long time he's also coaching at Apollo now that's another one that's kind of switched over um, so I mean there's just a ton of angles to look at with those two St. Cloud schools playing so um they're going to be playing kind of middle of the year, aren't they? Like week five or so, is that when they're playing? October 1st. So, yep. so look forward to that one. That should be that should be a fun date to circle, see see how that goes between those two. Um, Brian, I think that's going to about wrap up our football preview. Like I mentioned, next week we're going to go a little more in depth on some of these players. We mentioned some. We'll probably give you a little bit more stats or kind of outcasts who we think are going to be some of the breakout players. Um, some of that a little bit more next week. We'll probably preview a couple other sports. Is there anything else? Uh, we didn't touch on you want to let the people know before we head out today i'm just excited for the season gonna be a fun gonna be a fun fall and uh like we said a lot more stuff to come here for the next couple weeks so stay tuned to sctimes.com because there's gonna be plenty of content coming your way i know we're excited that we we have about seven days worth of stories already done because i'm going to wedding for a couple days you're going to new york for a couple days our last little bit of break or uh recharging before we get fully into it with games next week so um as always continue to check out sctimes.com like brian said look for those stories and there's gonna be plenty to come so um i think that'll about do it for today as well so thank you once again for tuning in to the sc time sports report podcast and we will see you again next time